What's up, everybody? Anthony Kazenza here with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast, part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network. Hope you are all well. It has been a little while since I have done one of these shows, since we have done one of these shows. A lot of reasons for that, but first and foremost, but before we get to all the Bengals news, before we get to the AFC North news, all of that, my apologies on the fact if you do like this episode, appreciate that. And if you do rely on this episode for some of the information, news headlines, all kinds of different stuff happening with the team around the NFL, all that kind of stuff, we appreciate that. But my apologies, just some personal stuff over the past couple of weeks. Um, Some other things just kind of popping up, obviously a little bit slower towards the end of June and whatnot as well. So we took a a slight break from this for a variety of reasons, but we are going to be back and bring in probably even more than once a week with this because news comes so furious. And of course, we'll be getting into preseason games, recaps, and all of that. So we'll be getting you more and more stuff as the season rolls around, more and more material, more and more content on this channel and the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed what we've been bringing you the last few weeks. We've, um, you know, on the on our standard show, we had Cam Taylor-Britt, we had David Pollock and and a lot of uh, other great conversations going on on the show. And then, of course, to the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel, we added the great show Talking Football with Bengal Jim and Friends. And they've had a ton of big guests since joining the channel. Three episodes in, I believe now, four episodes in maybe now. Um, so hopefully you've been enjoying that. And, of course, you can get all of our podcast material, whether it's video or audio, the video side, you got to like the Cincy Jungle Facebook page. You got to follow the Twitter account at Cincy Jungle. You got to follow our Orange and Black Insider Bang, uh, Bengals podcast Twitter account at Bengals OBI. We live stream there. And of course, if you like the YouTube stuff, we put up some exclusive material every once in a while on the YouTube channel. You can click the icon down there in the corner to subscribe, click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available course if you like the audio side for your commute or whatever go and subscribe to the Cincy Jungle podcast channel on your favorite audio streamer whether that's Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio we are there so we've got a lot to get to I'm already seeing some comments in the live chat talking about a particular player within the AFC North here's the deal there's a lot of stuff going on with the Cincinnati Bengals there are a lot of things going on within the AFC North We usually like to do Bengals, AFC North, and NFL all in one show. For brevity's sake and for (laughs) sanity's sake, I think, we're going to keep it just to the Bengals and just to the AFC North. There's a lot to unpack, a lot to unwrap, and all kinds of different things. Going forward here, obviously some big news came about today, so we will talk about that, and um, we'll we'll get to all of that here on the Happening Headline Show. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza. Happy to be with you. Whether you're joining us live or after the fact, happy to be talking some football with you as training camps have opened all over the NFL. Uh, We had back together Saturday and and all kinds of different stuff going on. So let's get it rolling. We're going to start with some different things. And if you're new here, what I like to do is I like to share the... I like to share a, a you know a particular story. Most of them will be from CincyJungle.com because we're you know uh, houseman gotta you know gotta 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 feed the company a little bit there. But most of the stories will be from Cincy Jungle. We've got some Twitter tidbits as well, and of course a couple of other sites and the other team sites and whatnot within the AFC North. So let's get to it. We're going to start with some things that aren't really training camp central, but are Bengals headlines over the past couple of days. Um, We'll start there. You probably have heard some of these, if not all, but we'll start there just to get you caught up and then we'll get going into training camp. And as we sit here on uh, Monday, August 1st, we will then get you going with some recent sights and sounds from Bengals camp and whatnot. All right, let's get rolling with some headlines as the Bengals. uh, I'm a little rusty at this guys. I gotta, I gotta catch up on all this, on this deal here. Okay. Let's go with this one right here. Even though he has not been playing as of yet more on that in a minute, 
The Bengals, uh, Lael Collins, new right tackle. He already has a fan, a big fan in Willie Anderson. Willie Anderson is a fan of the right tackle. And I will pin these stories. Gosh, it has been a while. I am rusty, rusty at this. I'm going to pin these stories in the live chats if you're joining us in the live Facebook stream or the uh, the YouTube channel. You'll get those those links there. So this is via Jeff Hobson and on CincyJungle.com. Big Will, of course, the newest member of the Bengals' second class of the Ring of Honor, joining Isaac Curtis. Big Willie, who has worked with him during his NFL career, reiterating what he said about Leo Collins when the Bengals signed him back in March. He brings a toughness and a mentality that takes it to another level. And, of course, there was – I think the reference there was Willie Anderson, I believe, had that – uh, coaching internship with the Dallas Cowboys uh, a little while ago. So he it, cut his teeth there, getting some coaching work in there. Of course, does independent coaching and training of, of prospects and whatnot as well. So Leo Collins has a big fan in Willie Anderson. And Willie Anderson knows a thing or two about playing good right tackle in the NFL. So that's that endorsement is a, a good one. And, and uh, that's, that's good to see you there. Here is another one of these. I love the arbitrary rankings this time of year, right? The summer arbitrary rankings. ESPN ranks the Bengals just outside of the top five of teams with the brightest futures. Okay, well, we'll we'll pin that for you here too. This is the article here, and we'll go down and read you what this is. This is um, they land on number six. Here And the write-up is to project which NFL franchises are in the best shape for the next three th- seasons. Uh, Jeremy Fowler, Lewis Riddick, and Seth Walder, and Field Yates, a little powwow group there, to rate each team's quarterback situation remaining, which is the non-quarterback roster, drafting ability, front office, and coaching on a scale of 1 to 100. So with all of those things in place, they kind of did a little arbitrary ranking here and ultimately Cincinnati ended up as number six on this spot the future of the Bengals was clear after they went to the Super Bowl despite having such a young roster they keep calling him GM Duke Tobin um, kind of de facto GM I guess has architected some outstanding recent drafts with no pick more important than quarterback Joe Burrow number one in 2020 while also taking an unlikely dip into free agency pools of late the Bengals boast one of the league's most explosive offenses and one that should take decided steps forward in the coming years. That's nightmarish for opponents. And that's from field Yates there. Those lovely penned words there, but the Bengals coming in sixth in terms of brightest futures per an ESPN round table and uh, ranking list there. Make of that what you will. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> Make of that what you will. We'll just leave it at that. All right, let's keep going with some, not really uh, some kind of non-training camp stories about the Cincinnati Bengals going forward here. This is a little bit about Adam Jones and Adam Jones's business keeps his roots in Cincinnati. Uh, he is giving back here. The J24 Athletic Complex in uh, the Cincinnati area is a 6,000 square foot athletic training complex located in Amelia right outside of Cincinnati. Um, Jones has used not only his knowledge of athletic training, but his personal connections to build a facility to give back to the community that embraced him. I'm sure that this will be used for, you know, youth sports and competitions and all kinds of different things, which is really cool. And I can personally attest having spoken with Mr. Jones, not only in week one, uh, when I was out there in Cincinnati for the opener last year, but also I, I ran into him at the draft as well. He, he loves this city. He's very appreciative of the Bengals and what the opportunity that they gave him. And really, while I think he was excited about the opportunity with the Cowboys to kind of start rehabbing his career and, and, you know, get a second chance in the NFL, he really kind of found his stride in Cincinnati. Yeah, there were some moments where it wasn't the prettiest on field, a couple of off field things as well, but for the most part, you know, he he did what he was supposed to do with the with the Bengals, was an outstanding return man, was a solid corner for them for a number of years, and uh, was on a lot of teams that had, were, were pretty successful. So Adam Jones now kind of staying in Cincinnati with his business venture, the J24 Athletic Complex, a big complex in Amelia, Ohio. So uh, keep your eyes out for that. Pretty cool story there from 
Adam Jones, and that is relayed to us by Drew Garrison on CincyJungle.com. That should be pinned here um, in the live chat. All right. Now, we've talked about the Ring of Honor, the second class, the Ring of Honor. We also know the first class of Ring of Honor, which is Paul Brown, Anthony Munoz, Ken Riley, Ken Anderson. Now, we're getting some good news for the Kens because we have long on this show on a number of different podcasts i know our guy bangle jim has been a big force behind it the bangles themselves have been big forces behind it uh to get both of the kens their deserved place in canton in the hall of fame ken anderson and ken riley uh have advanced as senior finalists for the 2023 hall of fame class now we've kind of heard a little bit of a similar song and dance with this a little bit but now that they have kind of widened this this pool a little bit and uh, allowed kind of more access for some of these players to, um, you know, to get into the Hall of Fame. Here, here are the finalists here. Ken Anderson, Maxi Bond, uh, Randy Gratishar, Chuck Howley, Cecil Isbell, Joe Klecko, Bob Kuchenberg, Eddie Metter, Tommy Nobis, Ken Riley, Sterling Sharp, and Everson Walls. Um, obviously, some names in there, especially – as you look in kind of a, with a recency bias, you look at Joe Klecko, you look at Sterling Sharp, um, Everson Walls a little bit there. I mean, those are guys that, you know, were were very, very good football players in the NFL. But, um, you know, Ken Anderson and Ken Riley have just seemingly been on that cusp of almost getting in, particularly Anderson, but both are so deserving. And we hope that this goes the way that we want. Um, it has reduced the list of finalists to 12 so when you have two Bengals on there on a list of 12, that bodes well. I mean, obviously you would love both of them to, to get in there, but it bodes well for at least one to potentially have a shot to get in and be nominated. We really hope this starts going their way. Hopefully the Bengals coming to a little bit more national prominence last year by making the Super Bowl and having this upstart team here, you know, you're hoping that that ends up becoming a, a little bit of a catalyst for one or both of these guys to get in there, but both are deserving. And we hope that they, um, they do that. And of course, last year, you all helped us raise a lot of money for the Ken Riley foundation, the Ken Anderson Alliance, the Munoz foundation, thousands of dollars for each of those. And we can't thank you enough. If you joined us this week on our, our Wednesday night show, you would have seen and heard, an interview with former Bengal and current ESPN analyst, David Pollock. Well, David Pollock is not going into the ring of honor, but we're doing kind of a similar charity fest thing. And if you, if you have not heard, we are highlighting his, and I'm going to send you the link here in the live chat. We are highlighting his charity, the Pollock family foundation. There's a link for all the live chats there. Givesendgo.com slash Pollock Family Foundation. Go there. We are trying to raise. We're gonna we're gonna keep this open for a little while here because they have a lot of money they are trying to raise. Um, they, they help uh, at-risk uh, mothers, at-risk youth. They do some outreach there. They do work with the uh, Atlanta Children's Hospital in Georgia. They do uh, some great work in in terms of bringing information and education on nutrition and whatnot for families to help with childhood obesity and avoid that sort of situation. They do a lot of different things. And then they're looking to put forward a big community Christmas concert as well. And they are, are in need of our help and we want to help them. We have, we have kickstarted this thing for them because we believe in the cause and all of that. So you can find out a little bit more. Their website is undergoing a little bit of a transition here, but I will share it with you, the Pollock Family Foundation uh, website, pollockfamilyfoundation.com. You can go there to learn more. Check out the interview with David Pollock. He spent like 35 minutes with us. It was awesome. And he told us a bit more about everything they're doing in this charity. We want to help out a, a great guy, a guy who used to play for the Cincinnati Bengals and one who we now watch very regularly on ESPN covering college football. So very entertaining chat. We're in need of your help. We've got prizes that we are going to give out some good prizes once this thing starts kind of closing up here. So you've got some time still to get in there. We're going to, we've got autograph memorabilia. We've got all kinds of different things. So want to give that another shout out there so that you can get your, hopefully your dollars in there to help the Pollock family foundation. And we thank him for his time last week. So at any rate, let's, 
keep rolling on here. And uh, I think we've all kind of seen this at this point. This the, the Bengals unveiled their white helmet, the white Bengal uniform, the white Bengal helmet. So we know what this what this is now going to officially look like. We've seen a lot of edits over the past couple of years of this uh, or something similar to it. So there it is right there. You do have the orange B there on the helmet. You got the orange B there. Um, and so really cool, by the way, go, go follow the, or go check out the bagels Twitter account when they did this little, uh, fairy tale thing about a, a, a year ago, kind of a fairy tale theme to the story. Pretty cool. Uh, and then of course, I think it was Brandon Seho. Here it is right here. Uh, here's the, the alternate helmet, as you can see there, pretty cool. And Brandon Seho, I think had a, a picture, I think it was him at, uh, back together Saturday of the helmet on the sideline there. Pretty cool. So you can get a close up shot of that too, but uh, they have announced that in case you've been living under a rock, they have announced that the white Bengal uniform is intact. They've shown you pictures now of what that helmet and what that entire uniform is going to look like. And so that is where the Bengals, what the Bengals will be wearing uh, when they wear that alternate uniform here. And we think we're going to start transitioning ladies and gents to the training camp news. So let's start going and we'll start again kind of from the beginning and go forward. Here is one that we knew Jesse Bates is officially absent from Bengals training camp. What we don't know is going to show up for preseason games. Is he going to show up for any preseason games? Is he going to show up for the regular season? There have been rumblings um, that he does not intend to play at all under the franchise tag designation. He does not plan to sign that tender, anything like that. And so far, he has stuck to his guns. He has not signed it, and he is absent from training camp. He has not been in spring workouts. So we'll see what happens as the weeks progress here. The Bengals are going to be coming up on some preseason games coming up pretty quickly here. So is he going to show up for one of those? Is he going to show up for some of the practices towards the end, maybe try and get in quote-unquote game-ready shape? I assume he is going. He has been working out on his own. We've seen some of that on his social media and whatnot. I assume he is doing a lot of that as well. But uh, yeah, he has not shown up to camp. Uh, you know, he and Trey Hendrickson were missing from the spring workouts. So no Jesse Bates as of yet. We'll keep you updated on that. Not really a surprise based on everything we've been seeing and hearing. So, I mean, I don't know how you could be caught off guard by that at this point. But regardless. That is uh, where we're at with the Jesse Bates situation. And then there's a couple of other roster moves and whatnot that the Bengals made. They bring back Jacquez Patrick, the running back, and place Elijah Holyfield. I believe Holyfield is the son of heavyweight uh, Evander Evander Holyfield. Um, so at, at any rate, um, he suffered a uh, Holyfield suffered a leg injury. Wednesday afternoon, um, and then they brought back uh, they brought back Jacquez Patrick, who had a, had a you know a good. The, the problem was with Patrick is when he joined the team in 2020, he had that COVID shortened off season where he couldn't really flash a lot. Now the the following season, he stayed throughout the team, and then he was a final cut at the uh, at the end of the season there, and then he was on the Bengals. Uh, practice squad got to the 49ers active roster and then he was uh, let go there on November 2nd. So um, that's uh, one of the recent moves the Bengals have made because of some things going on at camp. Now let's talk about Saturday's. Do we want to go there? Um, yeah. Yeah. We'll do. We'll go there. Um, back together Saturday. The Bengals. There's a nice recap piece here on Cincy Jungle. Kind of, I think it's a uh, kind of a collection of tweets and information and practice tidbits and all of that. So here is the link to that for the live chat folks or those watching the rewind after and following along with the chat. A nice shot here from Paul Daner Jr. I believe there was about 28, 29,000 for Back Together Saturday. So, I mean, that's basically what uh you know what you would expect pre-covid those kind of pre-covid numbers there you can see here from our buddy james rapine of the uh locked on Bengals podcast and of course 
the great work that he and others do at allbangles.com. You can see here the quote from Joe Mixon, quote, we're looking to run that thing back all the way to the Super Bowl, and we're going to win it. Uh, from your lips to the man upstairs ears, Joe. Um, and then some, just some nice, you know, chase on a dig, makes a terrific catch in front of a Wougier. Mixon made two long touchdown runs over 50 yards. Mixon going full speed, and that's from Mike Petralia. Uh, Reader did not play. DJ Reader did not play. And, of course, Higgins is uh, going through the gradual ramp-up process because of the shoulder injury and shoulder uh, procedure. And then, of course, Kappa and Logan Wilson, again, more on the offensive line in a little bit. But the big news from Back Together Saturday was how it ended. And we'll share this. This is from Caleb Noe of WCPO. Cool shot by him. Go follow him on Twitter as well. Uh, we'll, we'll pull this up for you here. If this video wants to load. Here you go. My view of Evan McPherson's uh, ending of practice today. So you can see. Here you go. If it wants to, oh, there we go. So, yeah, 65-yarder with room to spare. Um, again, Caleb Noe from WCPO ABC9 in Ohio. And, and man, this is, uh, this is a boot, no doubt about it. And uh, I, I think from what I had heard is that the crowd was pretty fired up about it. Look at the, the extra room on that. I mean, that, that's probably another, what, eight yards, ten yards on that thing that he – now, granted, the guys aren't – you know, going full jump or anything like that with the uh, trying to block or anything like that. Um, but man, let's watch this one more time here. Snap, and then you see the uh, the kick there, and uh, I mean middle middle right, but hit it, no doubt about it. So um, that was kind of the big story from Back Together Saturday was how it ended, and Evan McPherson getting the uh, getting the love and. Getting all the the shooter and money and all you know all the nicknames there, the rightfully so that he deserves for all of the big kicks that he has made so far for the Cincinnati Bengals, and that was a biggie right there. That was a biggie to end practice and end the scrimmage there on back together Saturday. Well, who's been impressing? Who has not? What else is going on with the Bengals? Um, well, here here's the thing: you just heard about Joe Mixon with a couple of big runs in practice. I think there were fifty plus yarders. Mike Petralia, uh, Mike Petralia said here, Joe Mixon expects to run through, quote, gaping holes and, quote, crush his previous numbers coming off a career year last year where he was a Pro Bowl running back but obviously did not participate because he was in the Super Bowl. Here is the link on CincyJungle.com. But, Joe, and here's the deal. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, everybody was saying, oh, Joe, you know, the big benefactor is going to be Joe Burrow and the wide receivers with the offensive line, rightfully so. That's who's going to benefit the most with the new offensive line additions. Joe Burrow won't get hit as much, won't get sacked as much, all that kind of stuff. As it turns out, and I was kind of saying this for a while, you know, don't forget about don't forget about twenty eight. You know, he's a guy that's going to benefit a lot from this from this transition up front here, and uh, he definitely expects it here. Um, he's talking, you know, Jeremy Roush talks about gaping holes, what it's like to be running behind the Bengals new offensive line. And that is without folks that is without two of their new additions really practicing. So, um, that's, uh, he, he's going to, he's expecting, and that is from Jeremy Roush, by the way, uh, he's expecting some big, big news here. And I think this is, uh, from our good, our good buddy, daddy O McDuke from, DH Sports relaying the information here, though. But uh good stuff. You know, that's gonna be that's gonna be a key and offensive balance. I know that you know Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, etc. You're gonna pass the ball a lot, but having that balance, they had a semblance of balance last year, even though the offensive line wouldn't really give them the ability to be super consistent on either facet. But hopefully that changes here and uh that that balance with both of them is gonna um you know, that that's going to continue to have this team chase a championship. One of the other guys who is looking pretty good in camp is a new addition and one that, um, you know, some people have been talking about. Some people have let him fly under the radar, and that is Hayden Hurst, another right up here at Cincy Jungle from Daddio. 
Hayden Hurst is uh, showing some work, and this is a you know, one-year deal. The Bengals let CJ Uzama walk. This was the replacement. And, um, you know, this is a guy they, they feel is going to bring a lot to the offense here. And he is playing pretty well in the early parts of camp. And you can see here from Albert Breer relating, uh, relaying this five from Bengals. The first tidbit, Hayden Hurst looks like he'll bring the offense an element it hasn't had with his athleticism route running. Good matchup guy to have alongside the wide receivers. And this couldn't come at a more appropriate time, the Hurst talk up thing because there are some quotes that were a little surprising from cj uzama a little bit i guess uh this this week or that surfaced this week talking about how the Bengals will or won't be able to afford all of the stars that they have there i don't know if he feels slighted that he was not offered the contract that he was offered by the jets i don't know regardless the Bengals have hearse now on a pretty team friendly deal uh, a one-year deal this you know he plays while he stays healthy this could parlay into something where he becomes a long-term Bengal here but a guy that they feel and I think he feels too that this is uh, we've I think we've relayed different things here that this is he feels this is the best situation he's really been in in terms of him reaching his potential and being this the the statistical uh, reaching the statistical output that I think he has expected of himself, you know, being a guy on the Ravens and they they always use a ton of tight ends and, you know, uh, sometimes don't always stretch the field a, a ton. And then of course, going to the Falcons and they were kind of a mess last year. Uh, they still kind of continue to be a little bit of a mess, but regardless, um, some good news and good headlines coming out of uh, camp with Hayden Hurst. Good, good to hear that. And it, that sounds like he's going to be a guy that they will rely on, um, in the offense, obviously going to be probably, you know, fourth option or so in the passing attack, but a guy regardless that that'll contribute. Now, again, new additions, Leo Collins and Alex Kappa have not really been out there to, you know, to as training camp opens. They were a little bit Leal was a little bit of a surprise going on the non-football injury list. Kappa had that core issue. Um, so they, they do have a, a little bit of a, an update and this is on Bengals wire. Our buddy, Chris rolling over there, who does great work providing an update on August 1st. You see here, uh, it doesn't sound like the Cincinnati Bengals offense. will have to wait long on two of its new starters to get back in the fold at training camp. Um, Lael Collins is considered, quote, day-to-day, according to Marissa Contapelli, who works at Bengals.com and, and a number of different spots. And then uh, um, Kappa is going to slowly get worked in over the next few days as padded practice starts. In addition to that, um, I think it was Mike Garofolo who said, you know, if things, if push came to shove, this was a regular season game, an important regular season game, it would seem that these two guys would be, you know, suiting up and playing and doing all of that. This is again, playing into the Bengals approach that they really adopted heavily last year, which is, you know, we're going to, we're going to play it real safe, especially, you know, as it goes with soft tissue stuff and stuff that could linger, you know, a core core issue, depending on what it is, you know, you, you, you think it feels okay. A couple of weeks later, you work, you work it out or you do something or you, you trunk twist or whatever, and all of a sudden, you know, you've got that issue popping back up again, kind of like a hamstring type of thing. Um, so, right, it's not the alarm bells aren't ringing. It sounds like these guys are going to be easing back into things. And it sounds like nothing's very serious, but the Bengals are being very precautionary. And they understand how important these two guys are and will be this year. So they're not rushing it. They're not pressing it. They're letting them take their time to get back and do their thing. So uh, that is what's going on with the Bengals offensive linemen there. And of course, one of the other big, big headlines that surprised us all last week was Joe Burrow having an appendectomy. Holy moly, this came out of nowhere. And man, can't we just have a regular start to a season in the Joe Burrow era, whether it's COVID shutting everything down, whether it's him coming back from the knee injury or now the appendectomy. Guy has been through a lot in his first three NFL training camps. That is an understatement. But he had the appendectomy, 
and it supposedly went well. We don't have a disclosed period of time as to when he is going to be back. However, on Monday, in case you didn't see, there was a sighting. There was a Joe Burrow sighting at practice. This is from Dan Horde, voice of the Bengals and voice of the Bearcats. We will uh, put this up here. The band is back together. And this will load up here. There's Higgins. There's Boyd. There's Chase. And there's Burrow riding around on the cart. Uh, and you, you see him uh, cruising around. He was checking out practice. So, again, one of those things where you go, okay, uh, how long is this going to be? And we talked about this on last Wednesday's show to John Sheeran and I. This is one of those things. I mean, it's not it, coming back from this, unless there's some major complication, this is not, that's not something to be overly worried about, but it's more about the fact that there's an incision there and obviously working out and doing certain things. You got to make sure that that thing heals properly. Otherwise you will get into more problems. Um, but again, it sounds like things are going okay. He made his first uh, appearance there um, since the, since the surgery. So he's cruising around on the golf cart, something that just popped up unexpectedly and um, just very, Something that I don't think any of us really <laughs> thought was coming down the pike for the franchise quarterback there. But uh, at any rate, he is back at practice in some form. And so we'll see when he actually gets back to on-field work, when he gets back to preseason games and all of that. Stay tuned on that. Uh, as you also know, missing from spring workouts along with Jesse Bates was Trey Hendrickson, who was kind of doing a little bit of a, a family thing. There is an update here and there's videos that are out there of him chatting with the media. So you can check that out. The media just spoke with Bengals defensive end Trey Hendrickson said he didn't in, attend voluntary OTAs because it was important to him to spend time with his wife. So the team communicated really well with him throughout the month and he's fresh mentally and physically and ready to go. He is at training camp. He is working and doing things. He's just uh, kind of decided to not go to OTAs and spend time with his family. Um, you know, I mean, technically you see that word voluntary, but we all know what voluntary means in the eyes of fans and, um, you know, the peanut gallery and sometimes teams as well. Voluntary doesn't always mean voluntary. So regardless, he's back and it uh, seems like he was ready to go. You have to also remember, even though he's health, healthy at the end of the year, that dude was taking a ton of snaps because of attrition on the on the defensive line and all kinds of different things. He was gassed by the end of the year. And then, of course, not only that, Bengals, you know, played four pre, uh, postseason games. So four additional games, one more additional game in the in the regular season. So, I mean, it's that's a lot. And uh, so not that everybody was afforded the same luxury that Trey Hendrickson was in terms of being able to skip or decided to skip OTAs. It's one of those things that he kind of decided to, and you can say, I think it was the Tennessee game, man. Maybe it was the chiefs game, that clip of him on the sideline, just kind of, you know, hanging his head, but also kind of laughing, but also relieved and kind of just a myriad of emotions going through him. You, you could see it. And I, I just think he was kind of gassed a little bit um, mentally and physically. And so now he took that time to unplug, go hang out with his family. And now he's back at Bengals training camp doing his thing. And um, that's, that's where it is. And he's back. So can't really, can't really complain too much that he is back now at training camp at left guard. I don't really know exactly I, I, what, what uh, this one means here from, our buddy Ben Baby at ESPN, Cordell Volson working at left guard with Jackson Carmen, seemingly done for the day. Trainers took his helmet a few minutes ago. I don't know exactly what that means. If that means he was just done with his reps and they knew that. And so the trainers took his helmet and he was done. I don't know if there was some sort of injury or other issue going on there. Regardless, he was working at left guard with Jackson Carmen and uh, was done for the day earlier. And then, of course, this one from Ben. This one's pretty cool. Uh, and this was a name. I I want to say that in our, you know, behind-the-scenes bangles or breakout bangles that we've done on the show in recent weeks, I want to say this guy may have been one of the guys that John had said to watch. And that is Kwame Lasseter II, undrafted free agent wide receiver. 
um, and then Kendrick Pryor as well. But Kwame Lasseter, uh, some good contested catches and team drills. And then, of course, also getting some run at punt returner and stuff. So you had some interesting quotes at the the luncheon from Darren Simmons talking about how, you know, guys like Puka Williams, Kwame Lasseter, et cetera, they're going to need to play special teams. Otherwise, it ain't it ain't going to work. So um, this is this is good news for Lasseter, making some good contested catches per Ben Baby of ESPN. And of course, um, doing some things earlier, a couple days earlier on punt returns as well. So a name to watch in camp for sure is Kwame Lasseter. And again, there always seems to be one of those guys or a couple every year in training camp where you don't, you know, they're a little bit of a surprise or you think you've got guys that are locked in on the roster and these guys make a run of it. And it always seems to be that wide receiver group with the Bengals, sometimes the running backs and others, but man, it just seems to be that group, uh, that has a lot of competition, has a lot of competition. Okay. I'm reluctant to do so, but we're going to transition. We're going to transition to the AFC North, and I am going to get this one out of the way here. This is the one. We'll start with the Cleveland Browns, and then we'll go through the rest of the division, and then we will close up shop here. And oh boy, this is this is one that um, has not sat well with a lot of folks for a variety of reasons. I'm not going to get into what he did, didn't do any of that kind of thing. But if you look at what he was alleged to do, um, this seems to be on the lightest side of punishment that I think a lot of us were looking at. I think a lot of us were looking at eight games, 10 games, maybe even a full season, that sort of thing. Uh, he was handed a six-game suspension was to Sean Watson of the Cleveland Browns. So what does that mean? Well, there's a couple of different things. There, are, the, the, precedence is, the precedence in this deal are all over the place. You can look back at Ben Roethlisberger and some of his situations. I think he, I'd have to go back and look. I want to say he was four or six games. I mean, there's others with Josh Gordon and, you know, drug issues that have spanned a long, long, you know, suspended sentence, all kinds of different things. And, you know, there's, you know, Ray Rice stuff there. It's all over the map with a lot of this stuff. And, um, Unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, it's hard for the league to really, I guess, have a true set of rules, so to speak, in terms of suspensions and whatnot. Now, there's appeal processes and things of that nature that that could come about. We'll see exactly what gets pursued on that front. But he is handed a six-game suspension is Deshaun Watson of the Cleveland Browns. I think we all thought that would have been the mi- the minimum based on everything we have seen, read, heard about this entire situation. But I wanted to bring this for context just to show in case folks didn't, uh, don't, you know, they don't really have this information in front of them. This is the Browns schedule in 22. So when you look at the first six games, there is one divisional game in those first six, and that is, a home game against the Steelers. They start off with the uh, they start off going to Carolina, likely playing Baker Mayfield in week 1. Then they host the Jets week 2. They host the Steelers week 3. They go to Atlanta in week 4. Tough game but they host the Chargers uh week 5 and then you've got the Patriots coming into town week 6. So he ostensibly is back for the Ravens the following week in week seven and the Bengals in week eight. And then they have a bye week on week nine. So there is one divisional game that Deshaun Watson will miss. It and it is against the Steelers. And you can spin that any way you want. The Steelers got a break there potentially, as the Steelers seemingly always do from the NFL. And of course, the Browns kind of dodged a little bit of a, a, a you know, a, a bullet there with the the fact that there's one divisional game being missed in this in this series here. So, uh, I mean, 
two NFC games, one divisional game. That's how this is shaking up in terms of where Watson will or won't play to begin the year. Um, you also, Mark, Mark Fry here with the nice comment. Thank you, Mark. Watson's going to have more rust than the Titanic. You do have to take into account that he did not play last year. So that may also be playing into the decision of six games as well. Now, when you when we had Jeff Lloyd of the Locked On Browns podcast to help us preview the Cleveland Browns, he kind of predicted the six to eight game range for Deshaun Watson. And, um, you know, that was kind of on the lower side of the suspension period that we thought was going to happen or could happen for him. So we'll we'll see if this gets appealed. We'll see exactly what happens with all of it. But um, no doubt that is uh, some, some big news across the NFL, maybe a little bit of unexpected news across the NFL in some degrees. So that is... What's going on? That is the latest in what is seemingly a resolution for the Deshaun Watson saga going forward. And there is a statement out there. You can read that from the the Browns ownership. Um, I'm not going to put that up there, but you can go read that one as well. But that is the latest with Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. Now, some more not so great news with the Cleveland Browns on uh, Monday. This is from Daryl Ryder, who has covered the, the team for a long time. Scary moment. Amari Cooper went down in the back of the end zone. Trainers looked at his right ankle, and he was able to get up and walk off by himself. He's still observing practice, so he seems to be okay. But a scary moment in practice on Monday. Amari Cooper seemed to have tweaked his ankle. To what degree, I don't exactly know, but seemed to uh, tweak that ankle and we'll, you know, that's something that I think a lot of us will be watching. Obviously, he's their big wide receiver acquisition after they traded. They, you know, they got rid of Odell, and then of course um, Jarvis Landry did not return. Um, so, you know, these are he's kind of their go-to guy now in that offense with Watson. We'll see exactly what happens there, but um, not great news for the Browns on Monday from the on-field standpoint. Now. The Browns also on Monday activated and made some roster moves. They activated offensive tackle Jack Conklin, and um, they waived wide receiver Isaiah Weston with an injury designation and and in return signed Derek Dillon, a wide receiver there. Conklin, obviously a very good tackle, went healthy. Um, And then, uh, you know, he was a first-team all-pro player in 2020, only played seven games last year because of a knee injury. Um, And then – Dylan was an undrafted free agent back in 2020. He spent most of last year on the Giants practice squad. So that is some roster moves for the Cleveland Browns here. Let's go to the Steelers. Let's not talk about the Browns and Deshaun Watson anymore. Let's let's move. Uh, Okay. Kind of a a funny one here. This was from a couple of days ago. Kenny Pickett, rookie quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is from Brooke Pryor, who covers the team. Kenny Pickett didn't complete a pass in the first team period of the day. He would have been sacked twice, threw another too low, and had his last attempt batted down at the line of scrimmage. So not a good early part of camp for Kenny Pickett. Um, He's he's in there getting a lot of reps, but he didn't, um, you know, as of this was Saturday, Kenny Pickett didn't complete a pass in the first team period of the day. He would have been sacked twice through another too low and had his last attempt batted down at the line of scrimmage. So some rookie struggles there for Kenny Pickett. Not to say we're wallowing in those struggles, but we'll just not address that, I guess. Uh, the Steelers have their own. Uh, it's not a ring of honor. It's a hall of honor. The Steelers announced their class of 22 hall of honor. And that includes Myron Cope, who is an announcer. And I believe he was the guy who started the, the terrible towel. Was he not? Um, Sam Davis, Ray Matthews, and a, a name of most recent fame, Heath Miller, who was a very good player for them for a long time. Uh, part of that Ben Roethlisberger crew that, uh, you know, gave the Bengals and many other teams fits. Heath Miller also now in that Hall of Honor class of 22 for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Moving on to 
a little bit of other roster moves for the Steelers before we get to the Ravens and on out of here. The Steelers sign a wide receiver as they shuffle the 90-man roster. This is on behind the steel curtain. The Pittsburgh Steelers SB Nation, uh, kind of the cousin, if you will, of Cincy Jungle in the SB Nation network, sign a wide receiver as um, they build on their roster. They've signed Javon McKinley and waived defensive end Tyree Johnson. Uh, And McKinley was undrafted out of Notre Dame last year and did not make the 53-man roster with the Lions. Signed to the practice squad to start the season. Uh, Did not appear in any games last, last year. And he was on and off the Lions practice squad throughout the season before signing a reserve futures contract in January. So the Steelers add a wide receiver and um, we'll see exactly what his climb is to the, to the active roster. You know, I, I we'll see. <laughs> I, I don't, uh, I I'm trying to be kind, but if you're having trouble making the field on last year's Lions wide receiver core and how that shaped up, um, that's, uh, I don't know. At any rate, let's move on to the Baltimore Ravens. Isaiah Likely was a guy that was um, show the Bengals had some pre-draft interest in him going into this year's class, and he has been shining. He sh- he did well in spring, and now he's doing well. A, a strong start to camp. This is from Clifton Brown of BaltimoreRavens.com, and the title: Isaiah Likely hopes to build off strong start to training camp. That is pinned in there for you. Uh, and then kind of a cool quote here from Likely. Quote, you see fans not only knowing your name, not only knowing your number, but really knowing a lot of stuff about you. A humbling moment. Uh, he generated early excitement in camp by making plays on a consistent basis early in training camp, showing the potential to be another weapon for Lamar Jackson. And, of course, they have stacked the tight end group with in Baltimore here, kind of going back a couple of years, taking the time machine back to a couple of years when Lamar Jackson was very effective using kind of the short intermediate areas of the passing attack and having those mismatches with tight ends. Um, that's what they're trying to recreate this year. And of course, being healthier at the running back position, that's, um, that's going to help them as well. All right. A guy the Bengals had interest in, Free agency, I believe it was last year. Derek Wolf, uh, he has, and of course, I, you know, a, a guy just in general that a lot of local people know about and like. Uh, he announces retirement, his retirement from the NFL. This is uh, after ten years. He has a Super Bowl ring, um, and he's a former uh, Baltimore Raven there, but uh, he was a. Second round pick by the Broncos out of the University of Cincinnati and spent eight years with the Broncos. Um, And then uh, he signed with the Ravens during the 2020 offseason. And then I think the Bengals came calling, if I remember, last season. uh, And he kind of opted not to sign there or vice versa. And so he he never made it to the Bengals. But um, he is now retiring after 10 years in the NFL is Derek Wolf. And then, of course... They're speaking of the health of running backs with the Baltimore Ravens. This was one that uh, they were counting on big time last year. J.K. Dobbins and go back if you can into our catalog and listen to the the interview we had with Justin from Engraven Vids, um, talking about how Dobbins is a big key. He was going to be a big key last year, and I think they're still counting on him, even though he has. He's still easing back from that knee injury. J.K. Dobbins showed up to practice with 20, 30 minutes left in uniform. Looked like he was having a conversation with head coach John Harbaugh. Afterward, he went and spoke with GM Eric DaCosta before leaving the field. Looked like he was trying to get on the field. That is a lot earlier than a lot of people thought. If he is close to being ready, there was talk that he, you know, is he going to be ready for the regular season? Um, So if he is coming and trying to get onto the field here, that is a lot earlier than a lot of people have expected him to come back and uh it's a testament to him it's a testament to his trainers and whatnot that he is potentially that close to returning on the field we're going to get out of here before i do i just want to make one more reminder to go to give send go.com slash pollock 
Family Foundation. We had David Pollock on the program this week, and we are kickstarting a major fundraising effort. We're going to give out prizes. We gave out prizes to winners last year. We've got all kinds of different stuff that we're going to be giving out, but we are relying on your donations. GiveSendGo.com slash Pollock Family Foundation. It'll be up for a little while here, and they are uh, in need of, of some assistance from hopefully a lot of Bengals fans. If you're a Bengals fan, if you're a listener of this show and you donate even a buck, think about the, you know, we got thousands of subscribers, thousands, thousands of people that love the Cincy jungle. They've given the thumbs up on the Cincy jungle, Facebook page, any of that stuff. If you do any of that and you got a buck that you can spare, give it to givesendgo.com slash Pollock family foundation. You can win some cool stuff and you're helping out a cause that helps out children's hospitals, they help out at-risk mothers, at-risk youth, and of course, they promote health and wellness to families, helping to potentially avoid childhood obesity and things of that nature. So please think about giving. We we appreciate that. Um, we appreciate David's time coming on our show. Um, he's a you know he's got a national platform, and he comes on our program and spends thirty five minutes with us talking Bengals, talking college football, and of course talking about his nonprofit. So we appreciate that. We hope you enjoyed that interview. It is available on all platforms now, our YouTube channel as well as on the audio side. So go check that out. It was a lot of fun talking with him. We appreciate all of your support, not only to that cause, but of this program as well and the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. So subscribe how you can. We're back with Happening Headlines. It's been, gosh, I don't know, three weeks, four weeks since we've done one of these. I apologize. A lot of stuff has come our way, but we're back at it. We're going to be hammering you with content on the Orange and Black Insider and the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. So we hope you enjoy it. We'll be seeing more of you. Take care. Have a good rest of your week. We'll see you Wednesday. We'll probably see you Friday for Listener Questions Live. Been a little while since we've done that one, too. So you're going to want to tune into that one, too, Training Camp Edition. But at any rate, take care. We will talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.